Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. particular as it pertains to healing. There are, uh, we've been talking about different things that you must remember. And the first thing that you must remember is this, you have a covenant. You have a covenant. The second thing is that the Bible is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. The Bible is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. In the old covenant or the first covenant, it was uh, sealed with the blood of bulls and goats. In the second covenant, the covenant that Jesus came to ratify, the blood of the spotless Lamb of Christ and blood throughout. Every promise from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 drips with covenant blood. The Bible is a covenant book sealed in covenant blood. The third thing to remember always is that a covenant mindset is required for strong faith. If I, if, if I don't have a covenant mindset, it will hinder my faith. All right, because faith is not based on supposition. Faith is not based on uh, what might happen. Faith is not based. People will say, well, faith is based on the Word of God. That's absolutely true. And faith comes by hearing the Word, but the Word is a covenant book. And there are people that, that will tell you that, uh, you know, they believe God. They believe the Word of God. Uh, you know, they will even say that God cannot lie. But then they'll make statements like, well, I've been doing what the Word says, but it's not working. You just said God lied. A covenant mindset is a mindset. It's not, it's not either or. It is black and white. It's plain. It's what did God say. Titus chapter 1 verse 2 makes the statement. It says, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised. And when did he promise it? Before the world began. You are born again tonight. The basis of your relationship with God is the covenant that God made with Abraham when he appeared to him in Genesis chapter 17. And in Genesis chapter 17, God called the covenant his covenant. And he called the covenant his covenant nine times. Nine times. In one chapter, God said, this is my covenant. In the middle of that chapter, God said that the covenant would be to Abraham's seed and their seed after them for an everlasting covenant. When you see Abraham's seed in the word of God, you have to see you. 
if you have a covenant mindset, you see you. Oh, hallelujah. God is a covenant-making God and a covenant-keeping God. God has made a covenant with His people. The Bible is that covenant book. Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. We're going to minister on this all year. Because here, here, here's why. A covenant mindset doesn't just occur. Doesn't just occur. A covenant mindset closes the book and settles all questions. When, when you have a covenant mindset, what you immediately go to is the covenant. What the covenant say. All right? And in Exodus chapter 15, God had delivered his people from the bondage of Egypt. And he brought them to this place called Mara, which means bitter. And the people murmured, and Moses cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree that when he cast it into the waters, the waters became sweet. And that's, that's another message that we don't have time to teach on, but that's a picture of you before Christ, that you were drinking the bitterness of sin, but when the tree entered your life, sweetness showed up. And, and he says, notice, there he made for them a statute and an ordinance. Now, this is covenant language. The word statute, a decree, the word ordinance, a judgment or a legal decision. So God sets himself in position of healer for his covenant people. And notice what he says. He says, and he said, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments. Now stop right there and, and hear what I'm saying. What's our part of the covenant? Faith and obedience. How does faith come? By hearing. If you'll hear what God said, give ear to it and obey it. All right? That's my part of the covenant. And keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon you which I've brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that heals you. Now, now this is important. Because the, this is one of those great I am statements. God says, I am. What is I am? I am is blank check. Whatever you need, I am. Now, he's setting this forth. I am something. I am, and then you fill in the blank. Here, he says, I am the Lord. Now, that's the Hebrew word, Jehovah. We spell it J-E-H-O-V-A-H. Jehovah. We don't really know how it's spelled because they never spelled it. But that's how we interpret it. But here's the thing. I am, and he says, the Lord, Jehovah. Now, this is what this is. This is what this means. Jehovah means self-existent one. I am the self-existent one. Hebrew, I am Jehovah Rapha. 
I am the self-existent one who heals you. I am your self-existent healer. Other translation says, I am your surgeon. I am your physician. But this is what this, set for, this sets forth. This sets forth that God is our eternally self-existent healer. I have a covenant of healing. The seven compound names of God, when you study through the Old Testament, the seven compound names of God, of which are Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah my peace, Jehovah Tzid Canoe, Jehovah my righteousness, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord my healer. All of these different ones, Jehovah my banner, Jehovah my rock, all these things. The seven compound names of God, there's seven of them. Well, of course there's seven of them because they pertain to God. And God's number is seven throughout the scripture. But those seven compound names are not something only that God does. They are something that God is. They're something that God eternally exists as. When you read through the New Covenant and you read through the New Testament, there are things that we're told to believe in the New Testament that are directly tied back to the covenant names of God. The Apostle Paul made the statement. He said, if you will refuse to be anxious, if you'll hear the word and obey the word, here's what will happen. The peace of God, the peace of God, the peace that comes from God, the peace that is part of God will fill your heart and your mind and God Guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. What does that mean? When you believe God under the new covenant, that covenant name of God comes into operation and your self-existent, eternally existent God comes in and brings peace. Because I have a covenant. Everything, seven compound names of God in the Old Testament, all of those are encompassed in the one name Jesus in the New Testament. Hallelujah. you you got to understand that. When you understand you have a covenant, you understand that when you have the word, you have God. That when the word is in your circumstance, God is in your circumstance. You understand that when the, because here's the thing. When the name Jesus is everything the man Jesus was. The name Jesus produces the same effect the man Jesus produced. That's, what, that's why in the, in, in the book of Acts, it says that Peter and John, they, they, they told that lame man, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I do have I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What happened when they invoked the name of Jesus? The man got healed. What happened when they invoked the name of Jesus? The eternally existent healer showed up on the scene. Everything that I am represented in the scripture, Jesus represents in the, under the second covenant. He said over and over again, before Abraham was, I am. He said, who do you seek? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is so important because he's the Lord that heals. Not the Lord that makes sick, the Lord that heals. Now see, people with the covenant never blur the line. He made the distinction very plain. Egypt is always a picture of the world and bondage. Now why did Egypt, why did that sickness come on Egypt? 
Because God sent, God sent Moses. He met him and said, I am. They, he said, who shall I say sent me? Tell them that the I am sent you. In, in other words, whatever they need. Now, you'll remember in the book of Exodus chapter 2 that God said this. The word says this, that God heard their groanings and that he remembered his covenant. God doesn't forget his covenant. Men break covenant, not God. I said men break covenant, not God. Now, now, you understand? <laughs> Lord, help me say this right. Because you got to get it. It's, it's, it's not just, I'm not preaching for amens. I'm preaching for you to get it. you got, you got to understand, God cannot lie. Can't. Now, why can he not lie? See, you got, you got to search the scriptures. Why is it that he can't lie? Because Hebrews says he has interposed an oath on himself. He told Abraham, he said, the Hebrew says, because God could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. And what he swore to Abraham, he swore to you. God is eternally blood-bound by what he said. When God says something, I've had, I heard a minister say one time, well, even if God did lie, it would automatically become truth. No, it wouldn't. If God lied, God would cease to exist. Because God is absolute truth. And where there is absolute truth, there can be no, 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 no semblance of lie. If God lied to you, God is not God. The covenant binds him. The covenant ties him to what he said. He walked through those pieces and swore to Abraham. Oh, God. Woo. See, this is not a theological argument. This can mean life and death. It's not a, a theological argument. Well, does God put sickness on people to teach them lessons? And you know, word of faith people in our circles, we are just adamant. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. And, and he doesn't. But it's not a theological argument. It's who is God. He said, I am eternally self-existent as your healer. Now, wait a minute. If he's eternally self-existent as my healer, then he has nothing to do with sickness. Is that right? Glory to God. We have a covenant that says God eternally exists as our healer. It is established by covenant. Look at Exodus 23 and 25. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. There will nothing cast their young or be barren in your land. The number of your days I will fulfill. We have a covenant that says if sickness is there, our healer will take it away. Amen. Amen. Say it out loud. My healer, My healer 
will take it away. See, people, people get, I, I've watched over the last two years, I've watched people get in condemnation because they'll go through sickness. They'll face a challenge. Amen. That, that, hey, don't do that. Your healer will take it away. Don't respect sickness by whispering about it, talking about it in hushed tones. Amen. Well, you know, I talked to the doctor, and he said, I've got, you know. Okay, your healer will take it away. He did, right? There are people in here, if you're quite honest, you went to the brink of crossing over. But your healer showed up and healed you based on your covenant. You're here tonight because the Bible is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. And when you said, Jesus, thank you for healing me, the eternal self-existent healer showed up in your room. Ah, when you invoke the name of Jesus, you call upon all that God is. It's all found in that one name. Oh, look at Psalm 91.10. Now, you know this, but think about this. Think about this in, in terms of covenant. Think about it in terms of covenant. Notice what it says, Psalm 91 and verse 10. You, you, it's, it's probably on your confession list. There will no evil befall you. Neither will any plague come nigh your dwelling. Stop right there. Why? Because I have a covenant. Now, now, now notice, this is what I've got to declare, what the covenant says. That closes the book. Yeah, but it came near my dwelling. But did he take it away? Then he kept his covenant. When you go home, you've got to see in the spirit. You've got to see in your spirit. There is covenant blood over your door. There's covenant blood over every window. Your house is shrouded in covenant blood. The same God that covered your spirit in blood, covered your house with blood, covered your family with blood, covered your mate with blood, covered you with the blood of God. So notice what he said. Amen. Now, now think about this. So what do you got to do here? Enact the covenant. You got to talk to your house. No evil's going to befall us. No plague's going to come near our dwelling. Amen. Yeah, but pastor, you know, I caught such and such last month. So that's not the issue. The issue is even if you got it, your healer took it. Because notice what it said there in Exodus. He said at the latter part of that, he said, and the number of your days I will fulfill. A covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. Fear. Fear is this. It is an erroneous idea that the devil can do to you what he says. 
where there's a covenant, there's no fear. This is important. Because, the, the, listen, think, think about this. You, you've heard people say they're afraid of flying, right? Did you know they're not afraid of flying? They're afraid of crashing. Not afraid of flying. Flying's the easy part. Now, now think, listen to me. Think about this. So the enemy will come and start talking. Or your lineage will start talking. Or your bloodline will start talking. Amen. Hallelujah. All, all the women in our, you know, all the women in our family get this kind of cancer. Everybody's dealt with it. Everybody's dealt with it. Now, now listen to me. Don't, don't shout me down. That's what people say. Well, Pastor, you kind of got an edge on you. I want you to get it. We are changing our family trees. Every one of us, we're changing our family trees. Because you're getting, a, you might be the first covenant man or covenant woman in your family. And it's going to change generations. God only needed one covenant man to change the earth. Do you see this? I don't even, where was I? Huh? Do you see this? So, oh, that's what it was. The number of your days I'll fulfill. See, you have a covenant that you will live out the number of your days. And people say, what is the number of my days? The Bible says to you're satisfied. The number of your days you will fulfill. Why? You have someone that's in covenant with you that is eternally self-existent as your healer. And if you get sick, he'll take it away. And if it tries to come on you, it can't come near you. You got to build your faith about that. It's not just confessing it, it's understanding why you confess it. You confess the word because the word is a covenant. You confess what the covenant says. When you, the word confession means to say the same thing. It means to speak the same thing. When you confess the word of God, you are confessing what your covenant partner has sealed by blood. And if you will believe what has been sealed by blood, it will without fail come to pass. Because you're declaring what your covenant partner said. You're declaring what the greater said. The book of Hebrews says that when two men enter into a contract, that the, the, when the greater swears, that's an end to all strife. you got to get a covenant mindset that if God said it, that closes the book. That's it. That's all there is to it. God said it. Yeah, but the doctor found something. But God said this. Amen. Yeah, but I saw it on the scan. I know, but the covenant says this. I've got people in here tonight that the doctor said, you had cancer. Am I right, Kevin? And you got to have problems. Even said you could have major problems. But he sits here tonight with no problems. Oh, glory. 
Oh, glory. Amen. Do, do you understand? Because this closes the book. Because I have a covenant with my healer. Oh, hallelujah. Without sickness, we will live out our full lifespan. I mean, here's what I challenge you to do. Just read the Bible and read the patriarchs and show me one of them that was sick. Well, the Bible just didn't tell us. Or maybe they just weren't sick. Show me where any of them were feeble and decrepit when they got ready to go home. Says Abraham just pulled his feet up in bed and went home. Isaac was the same way. Well, I, Isaac couldn't see. Yeah, but old eyes. You're, you, you live long enough, your eyes will get old too. I'm, I'm trying to tell you that you don't see sickness and disease entering in and causing a major problem until they forgot the covenant. And when they forgot the covenant and forgot God, they opened the door up to sickness and disease. Healing is not something that showed up in the ministry of Jesus. It's not something that was new to the people of God or new to, to, to God himself. Jesus was an extension of what God already was. Look, look over here at John 1. Am I helping anybody? Amen. Hey, hallelujah. Oh, Lord God. My wife told me, you're going to have to slow down and re-preach these things because you're just machine gunning us. I said, well, honey, if it's in me, you just, you just got to let it go. So if you feel fire hosed, I'm sorry, get the CD. Amen. I, I, because I only got about 20 minutes left. John 1, I want you to see this. John 1, verse 17. No, no, excuse me, verse 18. And can we look at that, please, sir, in the Amplified Bible? This is so important. This is so important. No man has ever seen God at any time. The only unique son or the only begotten son who is in the bosom, in the intimate presence of the father. Watch this. Watch all these, these verbs. He has declared him. He has revealed him and brought him out where he can be seen. He has interpreted him and he has made him known. Jesus was the Word made flesh. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were created by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And he, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. There was one sent from God whose name was John who came for a witness. And they asked him saying, are you the one that should come or not? He said, I am not that light, but the light is coming. Jesus spoke to Philip and he said, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. And Jesus said, have I been such a long time with you that when you see me, you have seen the Father. But yet the Bible says no man's ever seen God. But Jesus interpreted him. Jesus 
brought him out in the open. Jesus made him known. Hallelujah. Jesus said, the works I do, the Father does them. Jesus said, I don't do anything that the Father doesn't tell me to do. Jesus said, the works of the Father were healing and deliverance and setting people free. Why? Jesus was the exact representation of your covenant God in the earth. And he came to the people of God that had a covenant and he healed them and he delivered them and he set him free. It wasn't something new. It's what God's always done. My Lord. Y'all will preach a man till he's got to sit down. Glory. Why why is that so important? Because when you lay hands on somebody, you lay hands on yourself, and you speak to that sickness, and you tell it to go in the name of Jesus, what happens is the name of Jesus is invoked, and the healer shows up. The healer shows up. Your covenant. See, Jesus updated it. Hallelujah. And he said, you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Shall is covenant language. Shall is covenant language. Well, I prayed for somebody and they didn't get healed. That doesn't change the covenant. What does or doesn't happen for a person does not change the covenant. You, 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 You can only... Strengthen the covenant where you are concerned. The covenant doesn't get any stronger because somebody I laid hands on got healed. It can only get stronger because my faith in it grows. It can get stronger for me personally. Look at Deuteronomy 7. Deuteronomy 7. If you you can't turn to all these or can't write them all down, just go back, watch us on YouTube, podcast. CD, Roku, hallelujah, we're going to write a book on this, we got a lot to do, we got a lot to do, we're just going to do it, Deuteronomy 7, 8, and 9, because the Lord loved you, notice this, And because he would keep the oath, he swore to your fathers. What did he do? The Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know, therefore, the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God that keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments. So stop right there. Watch your part of the covenant, faith and obedience. Those that love him and keep his commandments unto a thousand generation. A generation is by, at minimum, 40 years. A thousand generations. 40,000 years. No one in here is going to live 40,000 physical years. Nobody. But you have a covenant. That means this is an everlasting covenant. And notice what it says. It says God keeps covenant. God keeps covenant. God which keeps covenant. God which keeps covenant. God which keeps covenant. 
God which keeps covenant. God that keeps covenant. God who cannot lie. God who keeps covenant. God who cannot lie keeps covenant. God who keeps covenant cannot lie. He said in the book of Numbers when Balak hired Balaam to curse Israel and he went up and he made seven altars on the mountain and, and when he went to curse Israel, a blessing came out and Balak said, what are you doing? He said, I hired you to curse them and you blessed them. Remember what Balaam said? Of course, he said, I can't curse what God has blessed. But he made this statement concerning God's covenant people that he could not curse. Why could he not curse them? Because the covenant with Abraham said, you'll not be cursed. And those that curse you, I'll curse them. Those that bless you, I'll bless them. And, and Balaam said this. He said, God, concerning the covenant, concerning the promise, God is not a man that he should lie. He is not the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it, shall he not do it? Has he declared it, and will he not make it stand fast? When God says something, the power of God's behind it. When God, when God speaks something about you, the energy, the power of God is in what he said. Your circumstance must change because he said you can have what you say. Glory. Oh, Lord, where did I go? You just tell me. Glory to God. We got so much in just a few minutes. Look at this. Go to John 9. We'll be back. You, you got to understand, when God says, I promise, the truthfulness of God is in that. See, we don't think of promises correctly because people have broken promises to us. We have broken promises. Somebody will say, yeah, yeah, I promise. I've, I've had people tell me, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come see you. I say, you promise? Oh, yeah, I promise. Hadn't seen them yet. And people say, well, that's just a bad person. No, they, they just don't understand what promise means. When you say, I promise, when you say, I promise, you're swearing an oath. I promise. Now, if we think covenant, that closes the book. You promised. Amen. I've never lied to my children, and I never would lie to my children. Never lied. Never broke a promise. Because they, they got to know that we have a covenant. I am your father. You are my child. I won't lie to you. I won't break my word. 
If I told you I'd do it, I'll do it. Amen. This is vital. You've got young men and young women that are running around today that have no trust in God because they had no covenant keepers at home. And, and it's a plain fact that your, your, your children's understanding of God will be tied to how they view you and your word. Amen. When Lily asks me for something, she'll go, do you promise? I promise. And she'll walk off. I've heard her walk off and say, Daddy promised, and daddies don't break their promises. People say, well, I just don't know if I could do that. You can if you want to. Because, listen, if you don't believe that you will always keep your word, you will not believe that God will always keep his word. Say that out loud right now. Say, when I say something, I mean it, and I won't break my word. Hallelujah. Something might come up that you couldn't avoid, that you couldn't help, but you make that known. You don't just leave them hanging. I, I remember when I first figured out people would lie. It wasn't a good scene for me. Because growing up, I, I was just a nice kid. I'm still a nice person. Nice guy. You know, people see you under the anointing, and they think you're that direct all the time. Well, you ask people that know me, that's not the case. I, I like to be like just like you. <laughs> There's nobody that just go around and don't want anybody to like them. But, but here's the point. I was in South Texas on a missionary trip with my dad. We were going over into uh, uh, Mexico, and uh, we, we had the days off, and we'd go in the evenings, and there was a, pa- uh, well, I say a pastor. He wasn't a pastor, a preacher in his family, and uh, I loved baseball growing up. That's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to play baseball, and uh, so I was probably 13, maybe, maybe 14, uh, 13, I think, and uh, in any event, they said, yeah, we'll come by and get you at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. We'll go play ball. I said, okay. Now, if you tell me you're coming at 9, I'm out at the curb at quarter till. I'm waiting. Got my bat, got my glove. I'm ready. Got my bat and glove. I'm going to knock you out. And I waited, and 9 o'clock showed up, and they didn't show up. 9.05 showed up, they didn't show up. 9.15, they didn't show up. 9.30, finally my dad come out, and he said, son, evidently they're not coming. And I just looked at him and I thought, and I said, well, why? Why would they lie? And my dad, being gracious, he said, well, maybe they had something come up. But something happened to me with that. I started looking at people different. When you promised me something, I wondered if you would. Because I had been lied to. You want your kids to have strong faith? Don't ever lie to them. Don't ever break your word. Don't ever break a promise. Because they've got to believe that when they pray to the Father, the Father will hear them and answer them. Kind of got quiet in here. You know, you know if, you, if you want to have a great calm, just start talking about it. It's important. Well, what do I do if I've lied to them? Tonight, get on your knees. Get on your knees in front of them and ask them to forgive you. That's what covenant people do. I missed it. I broke my word to you. 
I didn't mean to. Maybe it was out of ignorance. But I broke my word to you. I lied to you. Oh, you can soften a little bit. No, you can't. Covenant is black and white. If you lied, you lied. Amen. You didn't have a memory lapse. It was a lie. <laughs> Why don't one of them think that I would lie? They know you did. They already know you did. They already know you broke your word. And children are so forgiving, and children are so innocent, and children are so kind and loving. They want mom and dad, they want dad to be their hero. I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. They want dad to be their hero. They want dad to be that knight in shining armor that always rides in and saves the day. Well, what would you do if I told you you could be that guy? You're, you're going to make mistakes, but lying isn't a mistake. Lying's a choice. Breaking your word's a choice. Nothing is more important than your word to your family, to your kids, and to your spouse. Nothing is more important. They, they have to trust you. Because when you stand up and you say, God said, they have to trust you. Like, you got to trust me to be done. It's just, it's just the way it is. I say it's just the way it is. Did I tell you John 9? Boy, there's so much here. Go to Matthew 15. We'll get back to John 9 another time. Oh, hallelujah. Matthew 15, verse 21. Jesus went and departed the coast of Tyre and Sidon, and a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast. And cried unto him, saying, Lord, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away. She cries after us. Now notice this statement. But Jesus said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. All the way through the Old Testament, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Zephaniah, Haggai, all the, the, the major prophets. The Bible calls the children of Israel, and it refers to them as lost sheep. They went away from God. They got lost. The Bible says out of Jesus' own mouth, this woman comes, and she says, Lord, have mercy on me. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And Jesus says, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I've had people say, oh, that was kind of mean. No, this is covenant. Listen, you don't have a covenant. You don't have a covenant. Notice that. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he said, it is not right. King James says, me. It's not right. It's not correct. It's not proper. Watch this. To take the children's bread. Children of what? Children of the covenant. It's not right to take covenant children's bread, which is healing, and give it to the dogs. Is that what he said? Now, there's a reason I'm saying this. Your part in the covenant is faith and obedience. And the woman said, I, I love this woman because she made a statement. She said, you know what, Lord, that's the truth. 
truth, Lord. Yet the dog, see, we've spiritualized this. She was looking at it from the natural. In the natural, Jesus, you're absolutely right. People will try to soften that. If you try to soften this, you don't understand covenant. Jesus came and ministered based on a covenant that God had with Israel, not with the Gentiles. All the, all the way through from the time God made that covenant with Abraham, almost all other people groups were excluded from that covenant. Only the Israelites, only the Hebrews were involved in that covenant. God, God brought nations to their knees because of that covenant. And this woman is looking at this from a natural standpoint. Naturally, you are absolutely correct. I have no right to what you're doing. I'm a dog. I'm not a covenant person. But here's what I've learned, sir. Here's what I've learned, Lord, that even the natural dogs that are in the house, they eat the crumbs that fall off the table. So I might be a dog. I might not be entitled to a covenant, but I can have a crumb of the children's bread. And Jesus said, woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you as you will. And it says her daughter was made whole that very hour. You see two instances in the Bible where God, Jesus personally healed a Gentile. You see two instances. You see it in Matthew chapter 8 when the centurion and, and the band came to him. And he said, my servant is at home grievously sick. Come and heal him. And Jesus said, I'll come. He said, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Not worthy. Why? I don't have a covenant. I'm a Gentile. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I, I'm a man under authority. I tell one to go, tell another to come. He comes, tell this one to do this, and he does it. And Jesus stopped and turned around to all the Hebrews there and said, I have not found so great faith. Go your way, your servant's well. Neither one of those people had a right to a covenant. But they entered into it by faith. Your part of the covenant is faith and obedience. Your part of the covenant is faith and obedience. Hallelujah. And that's how you see it in the, in the new covenant. That's how you see it in the second covenant. The Jews were God's people by election. Romans 9, Romans 10, Romans 11 tells us that, that, that the Jews were God's people by election. We are God's people by grace through faith. The Bible says that they are the branch, that they are the tree, and we are the branch. And he said, don't boast against the branch because it's, 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 it's this way that unbelief came on the Jews until the fullness of the Gentiles, the fullness of the church age come in. And he said, you should rejoice that you were grafted in, you were brought into the covenant. Ephesians chapter 2 says that at that time before you were born again, you were without hope, having no hope in the world because you were without God. And you were a stranger to the covenants of promise. Hallelujah. Healing is called the children's bread. The right to healing was for them that had a covenant. Well, the Bible says 
that the covenant was to Abraham and his seed and to their seed after them for an everlasting covenant. The Bible says in the book of Galatians and the book of Romans, it tells us that we are Abraham's seed. The book of Romans chapter 8 says that he is not a Jew that's one outwardly, but one that is one inwardly. And it says circumcision is that not that of the flesh, but of the heart, that it's inwardly. All right. The Amplified Bible says it's a, it's it's a it's a a spiritual issue and not a natural issue. Meaning that you may not have you may not be a natural Jew, but when you were born again, you were made a Jew. You were made the lineage of Abraham. You were made the seed of Abraham and a heir to the covenant. Because the Bible says that God told Abraham, "One of your seed." Will, will bless the entire world. God, in, in the book of Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1, He made sure to put this in the Word of God. And it says, The genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the kingly line, the son of Abraham, the covenant line. The Bible says in the book of Romans that when you got born again, you were made an heir and a joint heir with Jesus. That's why you are a king and a priest before God. You are an heir and a joint heir. Everything that Jesus was an heir to, I'm an heir to. I'm a joint heir with him. He's the seed of Abraham. I'm the seed of Abraham. I got a covenant and I can't fail. If we have a healer, we should be healed. Hallelujah. I'll leave you with this. We can get ready to give here in just a moment. In Luke 13, the Bible says that Jesus was in the synagogue. And notice something. The two Gentiles came to Jesus. Jesus never solicited Gentiles. He never went and asked them if they wanted to be healed. Never. Because he wasn't sent to them. But in Luke 13, you see something. The Bible says there was a woman there that had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years, was bowed over, could in no wise lift herself up. When Jesus saw her, he called her to him. Hmm. So you got one instance where he goes, hmm, not right to give healing to the dog. But here he calls her to him. Didn't even ask her if he wanted to be, she wanted to be well. Just said, woman, you're loose from your infirmity. And the people got angry. And what Jesus said, he said, you hypocrite. He said, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath day? Unloose your ox or your ass from the, the stall, and you go and you, you lead them away to watering. Is that what he said? Ought not this woman? What did he point to? Covenant. Being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound these 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day. Pointed to the covenant. What did he say when he told Zacchaeus, come down, Zacchaeus, I got to go to your house today. And it says Zacchaeus made a great feast. And in the middle of the feast, he stood up and said, if I've done anyone wrong, I pay him back four times. If I've done anything wrong, I will give it back up to half of what I have. And what did Jesus do? He stood up. And what did he say? This day, salvation has come to this house. Why? Seeing he's a son of Abraham. Pointed to the covenant. Pointed to the covenant. Amen. Hallelujah. Your part in it is faith and obedience. Your part in it is faith and obedience. 
That's why you have to remember what the first point we made tonight. I have a covenant. That's it. That closes the book. Hmm. Listen, if you get this, you'll never be defeated again. Ever. 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 You will never be defeated again. You can't lose. It's impossible. But I, but I got to spend time on what's my covenant entail. Hallelujah. If you'd like to give tonight, there is an envelope there in the seat back in front of you. You can sow into the kingdom of God in your covenant of giving. Whew. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. And, and let me say this as you're getting your giving ready. When you start really believing this, certain people won't get it. Your religious family, they won't get it. Because that's not how religion thinks. That's vital. This will take you from being a quitter to a finisher. It'll take you from being somebody that never finishes to somebody that completes everything you do. It's just the way it is. And you'll start, you'll start, putting, some, uh, you'll start putting some requirements on yourself. You know... You can't properly work like the laws of prosperity if you're going to constantly break natural laws. If you're going to constantly drive 10 miles over the speed limit and then call yourself a covenant person, you know, when you signed up for your driver license, you signed a paper that said you would obey the laws of the land. Now, I know what you're thinking. Ah, God's got more important things to think about than your word. Did you sign that paper? I say, did you sign that paper? Then is is your word any good? If you sign something, does it mean anything? How many of y'all in here pay your mortgage on time? Why do you pay your mortgage on time? Because you signed the paper, right? If it's the 1st, the 15th, whenever your mortgage comes due. Isn't it it interesting? They debit your account on that date. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up, and out of my account will be my mortgage because I said I would pay it. Is that right? Do Do they have a right if you don't pay your mortgage to come get your house? And how many know they don't have to let you go two or three payments? Is that right? Now, why? Because you have a covenant. If I want the laws of prosperity and the laws of victory to operate in my life, I got to understand that I got to keep my word. Yeah, that's so hard to drive. You know, 
I'm related to Sammy Hagar. I can't drive 55. <laughs> Most speed limits that I know of, I drive a lot. I travel a lot. Most of them are 75 now. If you can't get where you want to go quick enough going 75, you got other problems. Maybe you left too late. I don't know. <laughs> but here's, here's my point. When you pull up to a sign and it says no U-turn and you make a U-turn anyway, then what the law says doesn't matter. But then I want to take the word like a person that believes everything I say is right. Now, I know what people think. Ah, Pastor, that's not that big a deal. Okay. If you pull up to a red light and it says no right turn on red, and it's red, but you look around and you don't see anybody, you know there's people who do that. How can I trust them? How can I trust them when they see a sign? A sign is there, and it says no turn. That's a statute. That's an ordinance. That was placed there by legal authority. Is that right? See, it makes you think that way. That's how covenant works. Covenant doesn't work for word breakers. If you're going to break your word, covenant doesn't work. This will make you say what you mean and mean what you say and swear to your own hurt. This is how it is. Amen. Did, do you see that? It's important. When, when you tell somebody, I'm going to do this, I'll do it. Amen. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. Right? You hit that stretch of road that's 60 miles an hour because they're working on the road, and it's 60 miles an hour. But nobody's around. I can go 65. But it says 60. It says speed limit. I'm going to move away from that. I'm losing some of y'all. I, I talked to a pastor friend of mine about this, and he goes, I think God has more things to worry about, as if God would worry. I think God has more things to worry about than the speed limit that I'm going. So if you exceed the speed and end up in a problem or end up on the side of the road with a friendly neighborhood trooper behind you, why'd he stop you? Because you're breaking the law. Is that right? It's like the guy one time that, 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 that I was working with got himself in a, in a bad place and fell off a ladder and hurt himself and got up blaming the devil. Wasn't the devil that unlashed the ladder and took all the support away from it. It was he. It wasn't the devil. Say this out loud. Say, I swear to my own hurt, and I won't change. If I say it, I'm going to do it. If I promise it, I'll do it. If I say I will, I will. If I say I won't, I won't. And nothing can change that. 
That's it. You settle that. Nothing changes that. Amen.